0: Hey everyone, I'm super excited to share this episode with you all. I speak with Jacob Patterson, who is many of you know in the immersive theater world. Um, He is a co-founder of Think Tank Gallery, where a lot of us have done immersive events in his space. So it's really fascinating to speak to somebody on the venue side of things. And he's also an amazing creator, and he has a lot of projects coming out that are now adapted to the online worlds with COVID, um, he his his vision is really very fascinating. Um, he's adapting old world methods into what is you know essentially now the the new world. Um, you know we, we're kind of in a, in a moment now of connecting what we once knew and what is now the future and so the way that he's going about it is pretty fascinating so it was a really great conversation to have um he has some really great points that I hope you listen to and take the time to to listen to this podcast if you enjoy it please subscribe like all of that fun stuff and I will post all of his links uh, so you can check out his projects I hope you enjoy
1: Yeah, my name's Jacob Patterson. I am the uh, director of and co-founder of Think Tank Gallery and uh, in productions. Although Think Tank Productions, not many people know this. It was a reality TV casting production company for like over a decade, I think, before I got involved. And uh, the owner had a son who did who I did graffiti with. So we made a gallery out of that. So um, the Cliff Notes is 10 years ago. We just passed our 10 year anniversary. 10 years ago, we, uh, a bunch of us moved into a warehouse in the fashion district in downtown LA. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no hot water, no electricity. We were living in tents inside the warehouse, one step up from the street. And uh, eventually we added those things and took the entire floor and 17 people were uh, living there in a co-living space, um, ironically, which, uh, because we were doing a bunch of permitting stuff, it was this legal gray area. And uh, we'll have a drunken devil story to tell about how that era ended shortly. What's up, Matt? Um, and, then, <laughs> um, and then we started doing uh, immersive events before the word immersive was a thing. Yeah. And it just grew and grew and grew. And we started working with Santa Monica Pier and Pornhub and all sorts of different companies. And um, eventually moved out of that place, moved into the place we're at now in Skid Row, which is much smaller, but there's no uh, uh, co-living. There hasn't been for many years. And because of COVID, um, which I'm really happy, I'm not running a co-living space during COVID, but uh, we'll be uh, moving out of this place too. We're, we, we, we've begun moving out of this place. So we're doing one final fucking like going down swinging haymaker of a show and then pressing pause on Think Tank for who knows how long. Wow. Doing some virtual stuff, but. Yeah, it we'll, seems like uh,
0: everyone's kinda going to the virtual realm right now. There's not yeah, really much yeah, there's our, not our... really much choice for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean here we are. You're interviewing me. <laughs> um but I uh yeah, we're we're doing the two shows that it's weird because the final show that we're doing is a physical experience, which may just be like a street level physical experience or not, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um and the virtual show that Think Tank's been doing are like they stand like so directly in conflict with one another that I haven't even, like I'll I'll talk about it here, but publicly we haven't even been advertising that we're working on the virtual one. We're just like, we launched another company. It's called serial killer speed dating um oh
0: that's from you guys <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome uh, i have a I
1: launched it with uh <laughs> yeah with abel who uh w- i helped him launch serial killer speed dating online and so i've just like we're just growing it we're launching in chicago dc and la that's and amazing. then ex- expanding as fast as we can so that's that's kind of our virtual thing but it's it's uh it's in beta now but it will very soon be actual dating for single people who like creepies yeah <laughs> Yeah,
0: which is like everyone in our generation right now. I know, exactly. <laughs> um, so what is the, the physical show? So how, are you promoting that one right now?
1: Yeah, we just, uh, today, uh, September 23rd, I think is today, uh, yeah. we just uh released all the information we've been working with a uh, a writer from forbes magazine jesse damiani he writes about a lot of people in our community mm-hmm. and um he's been speaking to our artist tishan Fagi in character he's kind of like a sasha baron cohen like nathan fielder type of in character okay. um and uh think tank hasn't really said anything for a year we did a an immersive show called nothing cheesy crazy experience i'm sure we could share production stories on that but it was a kind of like a a a jab at the selfie museum foodie palace kind of thing um and it was nothing cheesy the cheesiest ticketed attraction in town and it was just like this ridiculous like you would win a prize of the most vapid selfie and shit like that uh we did that a year ago and then we started working on renovations on our building and we worked through about february and then we launched everything Long story, but so much work, launched everything. And then by March, and we had all these residencies, a lot of them were Drunken Devil actually. And then by March had to cancel everything, obviously, on that famed Friday the 13th in March. Yeah. And um, so things happened as they did. We realized it probably won't be safe to do the type of events we do until, who knows, 2023. I guess it depends (laughs) on what president we get in November. And um, we have to move out. So they have it's something like a like a uh, mutual eviction or something. They have some term for it uh, where you can break your lease and you're not like full like it's not like an actual eviction where they serve you. So we did that, and we decided it's been a year since Think Tank has addressed our audience. Mm -hmm. What are we going to say about the fucking last year? Like all the shit that's happened in the last year. How can Think Tank reemerge and say something? And we were like, honestly, we can't. Like, I'm a white dude, we have to, there has to be somebody else. So we met Hisham and he was like, what do you want to comment on? And I was like, well, the image that keeps popping up in my head is the toppling of racist monuments. So I want to do something around that. Like that's going to be the image that burns in our brains from the year 2020 is like finally tearing down Christopher Columbus statues and Robert E. Lee statues and all this kind of stuff. So I want to do something on that. And he was like, well, fuck these little like mini bosses go right to the final boss battle. Let's take down white Jesus. So the show is called R.I.P. White Jesus. And uh, we're, we're tearing down the uh, ultimate racist monument of, of white supremacy in uh, Aryan Jesus Christ and uh today we released an augmented reality book that takes famous paintings from Raphael and all these different people Mm -hmm. and um deconstructs white jesus so he's no longer visible through the technological enhancements of your phone uh with like glitch art so when you aim your phone at a eventually i mean hisham's fucking crazy by the by the end he's like i want to be able to aim this at any white jesus and artificial intelligence will recognize that he's white and glitch him out so he's oh invisible and no one can ever see him again. How and do you create could the
0: technology have, of that? <laughs> like, is he an app creator? Like, how, how do you do that? He had,
1: it was crazy. So my job's usually, like, producer yeah. on this kind of stuff. So I teamed up an uh, uh, Asian-American um, female curator. Her name's Tatum Hawkins. Um, her father was – or her stepfather, the father that raised her, was a Chinese painter who painted Jesus as white, Chinese Christian painter. And she was like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to do this. And then we found a Haitian-American Catholic glitch artist. And he creates, he took the images uh, as like, he just selected, she selected, I think, 15 images for him. Mm -hmm. And then he created augmented reality glitch art that when it views those particular triggers, it knows to glitch them out. So, um, and then Hisham provided, he speaks like Aramaic and all these like, cra- like crazy ancient languages and stuff. And he, he gave them a bunch of mistranslations from the Bible that uh, white people hold as truth that are actually incorrect. And um, the AR artist, Mark, Mark Sav is his name. He created an algorithm based on those mistranslations that glitches out Jesus Christ so you can't see him anymore as a white man. Uh-huh. Um, and then we'll be doing a variety of other things. We, we released a casting call on a bunch of casting forums and we're casting the new Jesus, um, the recasting of the Christ, I think is what they're calling it, and a bunch of crazy shit like that. So that's going to be our final show and we're just going to leave it here. Uh, we're yeah. doing, uh, we're permanently changing the front of our building to stained glass windows of Jesus Christ as Captain America doing the uh, GOP's bidding and we're just going to leave everything and whoever moves in next can decide if they want to leave all this crazy Jesus Christ stuff or not.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. Oh my oh my Jesus. <laughs> um ha, So that is you release that today. The so AR- and that um so the the real, the virtual reality you said kind of goes against not goes against it but it's just kind of like two opposites so like what's the subject matter of that one
1: yeah augmented reality we want to do a virtu- virtual reality version of the show as well okay. the people can do in headsets but um <clears throat> the show has a variety of things it's kind of like a conceptual artist and hisham we call him the creator all caps <laughs> and he works in a, a variety of media um he's a he's a comedian um, from, he's from the middle east he has a couple uh master's degrees in theology and is a I couple. think political science. Yeah. And uh he has a movie on Netflix. He has a, a video called No Woman, No Drive that everyone should look up. That he did a cover of a Bob Marley song about women getting the right to drive and his character not believing they should have that right. Um and uh he gave a, he he basically just like delivers the word from on high. <laughs> Yeah. And then we are his uh apostles that write our own gospels in whichever form they take. So there will be a bunch of stuff in the in the gallery if if the physical gallery show ends up happening, which we'll reveal later. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, yeah, there's the we're painting R.I.P. White Jesus floor-to-ceiling on the front of our, like, 15-foot mural on the front of our building. And then there will be the stained glass window. And then the AR book, anyone in the world can buy it. And then you download an app called iJack. Matter of fact, you just aim your phone camera at it, and it will open iJack. And then you can uh, view the glitch art from inside that. So Mark essentially was like, he grew up Catholic, and he was like, I, I always it was always so weird to me that the Jesus I was working worshiping looked nothing like what Jesus would actually look like he actually looks like you know the Jesus that I'm worshiping looks more like the person who would oppress what that Jesus looks like and what what I do uh his words so we were like just do it you know take it and run with it and do whatever you want and so we made these 15 crazy AR um that's amazing activation triggers on each of these pieces and then tatum wrote a curatorial statement for each one so it comes out in a magazine image on the left statement on the right 14 times 15 times
0: uh, how did, <laughs> I couldn't how hear did you how did you meet him
1: i hit up an artist that we work with often named phil america we've done a bunch of crazy shows with him um i can get into our first production story but we did a show with him where we made a molotov cocktail vending machine and put it on murrows avenue um And he does all sorts of stuff. He made a, he made a, um, he, he hopped the border of Mexico back and forth over the border wall, which is illegal and collected uh, clothing items that people had uh, lost while they were trying to run from um, Department of Homeland Security and then created American flags out of them and hung them on the border wall as a gallery show on the Mexico border wall uh, after Trump started, you know, spitting his bullshit so he does all sorts of crazy stuff. So when I hit him up and I was like, yo, dude, we need to comment on the last year. I don't know what to say. Like, what the fuck do I say? Right. He was like, you need to meet this guy, Hisham. And we were originally talking about doing an immersive comedy show. And it is an immersive comedy show. But he wanted to do, uh, I was like, I need to do something about this. And, and this is the idea that he came up with. I, awesome. I was like, basically, we did all these renovations on the building. I don't want it to never get used. but. Right. I don't have anything power, powerful enough to say. I want to give this to like a person of color who can actually comment on what's happening to people of color in America right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, came up with this.
0: That's amazing. Um, how long have you been in the space that you're in now? Because I don't think I've been to that location. I was only at the other location.
1: Yeah, it sucked because we had, we've been in here for almost two years, but the last year has been empty. Yeah. So actually, no, we've been here for two years. So, and the last year's just been empty. So we, we, We moved. We still had both locations for a minute. And then there's like a showroom a main gallery and then like a, we call it the dark lodge, like the private area in the Mm -hmm. back with like a back patio. And we launched it. We were launching it in phases. So we launched small room up front in January of last year. Then a show that took place in the middle two rooms with bloody gums. And then we did this like neon show uh with like it was like a selfie themed immersive kind of like neon art show mm-hmm. and uh, that used the back room but not the back patio so the first show that we were going to do that used all of it was nothing cheesy that we did last year mm-hmm. and we did but we were still rent- we were still building the building at the time so we built like a maze inside of it but that means we never got to finish the building like we were like installing the hvac and electric and plumbing and oh stuff like God. that while, while building the show. Yeah. So we never got to like fully finish the building. And so we were like, let's just finish it. And then we'll move on to all of our our other shows and then COVID and, uh, we spent all the time and wanting to finish it and now get to just leave it here for the next person.
0: Yeah.
1: Along with dead Jesus.
0: (laughs) Um, how many people are, so no one's living there at the, at, in this one, but how many people are collectively part of this group? Is it the same People.
1: COVID has taken them all out one by one. So we had an art director, we had our founder, John Kenneman, and then there was me, and then we had our gallery manager, um, King, Kim Sakakian. and uh, she went on to the to a museum, a Jewish museum in LA. I can't remember which one. I think there's two. And then uh, our art director went on to different co- like we couldn't with COVID. We couldn't. We it's illegal for us to make money. Literally illegal yeah. it has been for us to make money. So we couldn't pay him. So he had to go. You know get a job i 've been figuring out other things to do to make money, but we can 't pay rent, so yeah we're gone, so pretty much it's just me now because the founder moved back to St. Louis with his son, so everybody's everybody's gone, but then you know every project it's an, it's a new team, so right. this one we 've got six people working on it or something, okay. um, and everyone's got different things that they're doing, so each time it's each time it's different
0: right well let's get into maybe some. Happier memories, and let's kind of reminisce on some uh, some interesting stories that you might have uh, dealing with. Honestly, like it doesn't even have to be just with dealing with audience members. If you had maybe, and you don't have to say names, but I'm sure you've had some interesting artists in as well. As a producer, you work with a lot of different types of people, so I'm just curious to hear over the years, you know, things that have that have stood out to you. So, well,
1: I'm a I'm very much like. A downtown guy, so I've just seen some crazy shit mm. over the years. So when you say happy memories, the <laughs> yeah, one, the ones I think of that are my favorite stories, like in the moment it was happening, mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh, I'm so happy this is happening of right course, now. Of <laughs> course, yeah. <laughs> More like, this is the shit I look back on and just laugh
0: Yeah.
1: so hard. But I mean, to bring it back to our good friend, Matt Dorado, uh, I have many beautiful traumas of uh (laughs) as i'm sure that you do and uh it's so funny because he's one of my best friends now and he is like he comes over to like barbecue in my alley and just like say goodbye to think tank and stuff and um i I went and barbecued at his beautiful house in bow heights and uh, my my woman got very jealous of how incredible his his home was (laughs) and now she's trying to get us to move to bow heights which i would be down for but um so I but
0: oil and I, yeah i and i haven't seen matt in a while so hey matt if you're listening i miss you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he's been not seeing too many people because uh he sees his parents so often you got to be careful nowadays right
0: yeah no i i'm living with my mom right now and she has um autoimmune yep. issues so and and i'm i do as well so i'm just kind of been hiding yeah. out <laughs>
1: yeah you got to be super fucking careful yeah. so um my girl works in healthcare she's oh in and out of hospitals twice a week. So the one good thing is she, she's the only person I see and she gets tested twice a week. So that's mm-hmm. great. But, um, but anyway, yeah, so he was, Matt was going to do two or three residencies in 2020. Uh, we were still thinking we were going to do something in October until like three months ago. Right. And then we were like, Oh, what do we, October, 2025? Like when are we going to fucking do something? Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we did, uh, the first immersive show we ever did. This is when I found out what immersive was. It was called alone. Um, the alone experience by uh, Larry and Devin. And um, uh, Larry Lawrence runs a, um, an, an awesome podcast called the producers happy hour that you should listen to if you haven't, yeah. but they tell stories like this too. It's more about like actual production guidelines and whatnot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, they tell stories as well. And um, I was like, what the this is crazy. So it was a it was a show where they took over our 13,000 square feet, but they also took over the back alley and then some area of the street in front. And uh, alone is a show. It's like a it's like a flip on traditional like haunted houses. Um, That's more of like a psychological haunting. Okay. And one person goes through it at a time. so you I'm can, totally
0: oh, into that. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're great. So like five people can buy tickets together, but you go through staggered one at a time. Right. Um, sometimes, they, sometimes they split you up right after, right after the opening scene or whatever. But uh, this one was cool because you went through the whole, what you thought was the whole experience. And then they like push you out the back gate and you're totally turned around because so much of it's in the dark. that You have no idea where you are. And they just push you out the back gate. They don't say anything. They just point. And you're like, where are my friends? Like, I'm not back where I was. Like, where? Because it's, like, divided. So you don't know that you're actually right on the other side of where you were when you first came in. So they push you out. They point, And then you're just like, I guess I walked down this alley. And then you get attacked by a homeless man <laughs> in downtown L.A. at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. But this is an ad- yourself? Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> not a real homeless
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, I mean, I don't know if he has a home or not, but he <laughs> uh, played this role really well. So um, on the corner was a like eight story building that was uh, uh, lofts and every single night they called the cops saying, someone's getting attacked in our alley. Mm-hmm. And it was like legit terrifying for these people. Like they they didn't, what, what Larry and Devin wanted to do was make it so, and, and Ben Taylor as well, we should give a shout out to Ben, but um, they wanted people to think the show was over and just get attacked. And then <laughs> he was instructed To really terrify them and he got like a couple dudes like swung on him to like Mm -hmm. beat his ass and at some point he would say something that you had heard earlier in the show multiple times so you would know like oh shit you fuckers you got me and sometimes it was okay and other times even after he said that people got really fucking mad and just left and asked for refunds and whatever else. Mm -hmm. But then you go back in and realize you're only halfway done with the show. And they would like scour your Facebook and um, they had cameras all over, night vision cameras. And then some of the actors had earpieces in. So they would like whisper things like if they would like scour your Facebook and be like, um, your mom just left on a flight to Asia last night. And they would be like um, your, your mom died last night on that red eye. What the fuck? And they would just like whisper it in your ear and then push you. And you'd be like, how the fuck do they even know? Oh my God. So it was, it was pretty fucked up. There's a hilarious scene where you sit down in a room. There's a TV right in front of you. And then it shows like three mannequins. The lights are flickering. One of the mannequins moves. One of them moves. One of them moves. And then it shows someone sitting in the exact same chair that you are. Slap the guy. And then all of a sudden the TV's out of the way. And you see that you're sitting in that room because it was pitch black before. And then the exact same thing starts happening. He wakes up to you. He pulls his hand back. The lights flicker again. And then he just like tickles you. But for this particular show I'm sitting in the control room we're watching on all these monitors mm-hmm. like hearing all the actors say stuff and uh, my f- one of our artists because we got each of our artists got to go to the show plus one his name's Seth Armstrong really great painter he brought his girl to the show and she was like so fucking scared like she's yeah. sitting in the back alley just like like taking shots of liquid courage so that she could go through the show because she was like I'm so I'm so scared to do this. And at the beginning of the show, they give you a safe word. Safe word. And I think it was like together, like the opposite of alone. Mm-hmm. And they bring her up and she gets like, that scene is like the third scene. You're like six minutes in or something. And she brings you in. But the very first thing that happens, you're doing yoga and they make you all put your arms up. And they're never going to do the show again. So I'm sure they're cool with me spoiling it. You like put your arms up and then there's a curtain behind you and someone snatches you from behind and pulls you. But they grab you around your rib cage, like the most like the part that you're like most delicately trying to protect and only one person is left. So everyone gets abducted into these rooms and one person's standing there, all their friends just got abducted and they're just fucking scared and they just have to keep doing yoga. And they're like, people are shaking. So she was the only one left and she was already so fucking scared because her boyfriend and all her friends got abducted. And then she gets to that room where she thinks she's going to get slapped. And right when the guy gets close to her, she couldn't remember the safe word. So she just got up and started screaming safe word, safe word, safe word and running back through the show and it's pitch black so she can't see anything and she's just tearing everything down and we're just hearing all the actors like like a guest is destroying the show she's running catch her, catch her, and everyone's trying to grab her and the only thing she's scared of is getting fucking snatched because she's yeah. really so always trying to grab her and she knew the venue pretty well because she was there all the time to see seth who had a studio up in the front that was not in use but we had turned the whole thing into a maze of like like duvetyne and fabric and fake walls and all this stuff so she had no idea where she was so she was just trying to run through it and tearing everything down and that was my first exposure to um, uh, to immersive theater and I like I immediately just fell in love because we've been doing immersive environment environmental design uh-huh. didn't know what the word immersive was and we were, and I was like this is it and so from that moment forward we just started doing immersive stuff and I think the very next year for haunt season was when we did our first drunken devil that's
0: uh, not and that's like the a scary horror immersive theater too (laughs) like that's something i don't even know if i could do as a performer i could do it but as an audience member i don't know if i could handle that
1: (laughs) well what was cool is it wasn't because like he didn't do jump scares he was like i mean i guess there was a a couple of jump scares in there but there's no like guy with a chainsaw that's gonna chase you like everything's a joke about haunted houses so when you think something's supposed to happen like a guy's gonna jump out of a wall Mm -hmm. instead or like a guy's gonna snatch you or whatever instead what he does is he tickles you
0: yeah. And, well, that's scarier uh, to me though. Getting tickled Just what via stranger.
1: <laughs> you'd rather get slapped.
0: Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and and I'm sh- I'm pretty sure that the audience signed waivers and all that, and they knew yeah, that course. they were going to be touched. And
1: and it's that wonderful waiver that says if you die, it's your fault. Yeah. Typical immersive theater waiver that doesn't actually mean anything.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those ones are fun.
0: <laughs> but at least going in, the audience knows, like. You're gonna yeah. be touched. You're gonna. So you... I think what what frustrates me is that people will want a refund or something. I'm like, but you know exactly what uh-huh. you're getting into. Oh, it's a
1: strict no refund policy in these yeah. shows.
0: That's crazy. Okay, so what is what is the uh, what was the first Drunken Devil event that you guys had?
1: The first one. We did the very first Drunken Devil. It was okay. a um, haunted house, and uh, that's what we. And we were actually talking about it's his five year anniversary we were talking and our 10 year anniversary mm-hmm. and we were talking about doing a haunted house in new tank we call the old the old location old tank and this one new tank nice. we were talking about doing a, another haunt and we were going to figure out a way to make it more uh immersive event rather than just haunted house mm-hmm. so there was going to be parties that happen inside of it and we were going to shoot series of videos i don't want to like spill all the beans because he probably doesn't want to do something like this again when we're allowed to, Um, maybe in Trump's like sixth election cycle, we'll see, but um, we'll do a a sixth term, but we'll do, um, he's doing like an audio series now that's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah,
0: that's great.
1: Yeah, but uh, the first one we did was, it was was a legit haunt, Um, it's really hard to throw a haunt, it's really expensive to throw a haunt, I don't think it worked out super great for him, and for us, we knew it was coming at some point but we had been semi-legally living there, 17 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone with their own individual rooms.
0: I was, Yeah, I remember that. Units. And I used to live in a community like house. And so seeing how you guys lived, I was just like in awe. I was like, I could totally do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was cool. Cause like if someone was moving to LA they moved right into their community of like mm-hmm. collaborators and events and culture and yeah. friends and jobs and everything else. Like if you moved to Think Tank and you were a videographer within a week you had a job like it was it was yeah. so awesome food everything was handled for you um and uh so we did that show and then we were also on the on the side doing permitting consultation by that point so we called in the fire inspector or LADBS i can't remember which one to do an inspection and he asked like oh we lock all the bedrooms of course cuz we don't want them to see that right and um because we didn't have it fully permitted yet it was all built to code but we didn't have it fully fully permitted so he's like oh what's in that room and one of matt motherfucker one of his uh like pas or something like somebody who was just helping him build was like oh that's one of the oh no (laughs) i I was like what he was like that's where where the artists live and then within two weeks i think we had a uh like like 20 page citation thing from uh ladbs on all the uh, um, what are they called? I guess violations, but there's a specific word for it. And so then at that point, we were like, all right, we knew this day was coming. We need to just get started. Mm-hmm. So we started uh, going down the road of trying to get the whole thing permitted. And that took about a year. We had put a ton of and, and properly zoned. we had put so much work into it. And then go ship happened. And then they were like, oh, nope. Auto deny everything. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: I forgot about that. That was- it was prob-
1: Yeah, it was probably for the best because we... We were phasing out people living there anyway and just turning yeah. it into work only spaces. Honestly, managing people working there, they take their place a lot more seriously than people living there, which was a mm-hmm. fucking mess all the time. So it was, uh, you know, we had all sorts of like managers and community managers and like, like collective dinners and all this crazy stuff. And it was, it was really awesome while it lasted. It's one of the most treasured experiences of my life, but uh, it was a lot to fucking manage and Mm -hmm. the the goals that we had begun to have by that point were outgrowing the ability for people to live there and when you're doing an event with new balance nickelodeon and uh and uh, that's
0: right that happened there okay yeah they don't want
1: to be like oh a bunch of people live here while they're trying to do their fucking footlocker event so
0: yeah yeah i remember uh i think the first event i did there i was like really confused I'm like are you in the show oh no you just live here okay are you part of this production no you just live here okay it was
1: always such a like delicate like yeah at what point do they start to catch on that people live here kind of thing
0: yeah. and the cat too there's a cat oh, yeah, penguin <laughs> i remember that cat. i was in the bathroom and the cat followed me and i was like oh my god my new best friend <laughs> i miss her
1: she's still she's still kicking she lives in uh in the valley now in sun valley
0: oh yeah Okay, well, let's let's get into some um, horror stories since we're on the topic of horror like what is Probably the scariest thing that has happened to you involving an audience
1: member Um Well, okay since we're on it's Close To audience member, but (laughs) since we're on the topic of drunken devil um (laughs) I'm not just gonna turn this into a drunken (laughs) devil. Um shit show but uh some of them tend to be so we uh in the most loving way because i fucking adored all those parties which Um, is why
0: everyone keeps going because that's what it's for
1: exactly so we did uh um a one of one of matt's other events i can't remember which one it was at this point but we're setting up for it it's halloween party and uh They start loading in the alley and that alley was just like, that is the place fucking nightmares are born. Mm -hmm. Um, If people are not from L.A. uh, listening to this, um, Mayor Garcetti, it's like the episode of The Wire where the, uh, the police chief makes an area of town where like drug use and prostitution, all that stuff's legal. Downtown L.A. is kind of like that now after what Mayor Garcetti has introduced, which is that um, shooting up is only a misdemeanor and uh, various street drugs are like only a misdemeanor. And I'm next door to syringe exchange now, so uh, they're all like my homies. But uh, it's, so people just shoot up all over the place in downtown LA and the cops don't arrest them because they're instructed not to. Mm-hmm. Um, they only wanna go after like the bigger people. So that alley was very much informed by this aspect of downtown Angelino culture. And there was a guy back there named Ohio who wore a dress with devil horns, golden devil horns melted to his skull. So it was like melted gold dripping down his face. I don't know how they were attached. And uh, he, um, he didn't, I don't know if he worshiped Satan or thought he was Satan, but it was one or the other. So anyway, we're setting up. Matt's got his truck back there. They're starting to load in all this stuff. And it's just like, like thousands of tons of booze and all of his props and stuff. And, and Matt loves big, heavy, beautiful, Victorian props. Yep. And so he's like loading in giant couches and chandeliers and all this crazy shit, neon signs that are so delicate. Yep. And, um <laughs> I
0: have a story about that
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, neon stories, Jesus. So we, um, new Jesus. So we, uh, are, he's trying to load in we have this freight elevator and the freight elevator Uh, When the doors weren't locked properly, it became a place for a lot of, like, um, 'er ne'er-do-wells activity. And so, apparently, some of that activity had taken place the night before, and I didn't know that. So, I'm, like, inside, and I'm, like, trying to get the light set up. Like, I'm always doing lighting for people, and I'm, like, just doing all this stuff. And my production lead, Danny, comes over to me. He's like, hey, man, um, they they need to get the dog out of the elevator. Uh, So... Um, the way he said it was, uh, Hey man, they're trying to get the dead dog out of the elevator. What the fuck? And I'm like, okay, like, what do you need from me? Like they can, I, I'm not paid to unload their props. And then another person, like there's all these people, it's just like madness, like right before any show right. and somebody else is like, walks by and like, Hey dude, the dead dog's still in the elevator. And I'm like, I don't care. It's not my, like, I'm not moving this shit. I've got like all these fucking things to do. I gotta, I gotta keep working, man. I'm, I'm running behind. Another person comes by, hey, dude, the dead dog's in the elevator. And I'm like, why does everyone keep fucking wanting me? Like, if Matt wants me to move it, he needs to come tell me. But he couldn't go up the back stairwell and he didn't want to step foot in the elevator because there's actually, spoiler alert, a dead dog in the elevator. And you just so assumed it was a prop. Upstairs. Yeah, I thought, I totally thought it was a prop. And then that Danny comes sense. up to me, like, grabs me. He's like, Jacob. There is a dead dog in your elevator. You can't make your clients fucking move it. And so I, I'm like, oh shit, there's actually a dead dog in the elevator. And I go downstairs and Matt and I think it's Nadine are fighting like two homeless people in the alley who are screaming out of them. I think one of them had exposed themselves to Nadine and Matt's like losing his mind on her. And he's like, will you please fucking move his dead dog? And I look and there's in a box, a dead Aww. dog with can- like candles all around it looks like a fucking prop to be Oh reality. my god! but he had like sacrificed the dog to satan in the guy
0: with the golden uh i
1: horn. assume it was him there's no yeah. way for me to know maybe if he listens to your show he can inform me if it was him or if satan himself came down or came up to uh sacrifice this dog to ohio but uh, i had to like pick up the box and i was like what do i do with this there's nowhere to bury it in downtown la so i just threw it away oh and god. it was really really sad that was, a, that was a pretty bad one.
0: Holy shit. That poor dog. I
1: know.
0: And I feel so bad for Matt. <laughs> I <know. laughs> like, I wouldn't use a dead dog in my show.
1: <laughs> well, I, don't, I didn't know if it was like a zombie dog, you know? Right, like, right. I thought it was yeah. like a, I thought when I pictured it in my head, it was like one of those lions that's like sitting at the edge of like a staircase. But for it's sure, a, yeah. Just like, like a, a gargoyle stuffed, dog. Yeah. yeah. That's what I had pictured. <laughs> so, Oh, my yeah. God now that one was pretty nuts another halloween pretty much all my shows can just be about halloween i guess halloween's coming up so we can stay yeah on. no this is great <laughs> um the time that i learned what permits were mm-hmm. we were throwing a show for an art collective i can't remember what it was but it was like it was like a, the art collective aspect of it was just like a front for we throw warehouse parties mm-hmm. and i remember it was a it, we had it was like our first media collab uh, we rented the place out to these this collective and then they threw it in partnership with LA canvas an art magazine from uh, Los Angeles and um, I don't even know if LA canvas is around anymore I looked at I looked them up recently and I thought I think their last post was like from 2018 so who knows they might just be doing parties only now but we completely completely burned that bridge because I told these guys um they could pretty much do whatever they wanted so they had bars all over the place the place is fucking packed to the gills like we probably have a capacity of five or six hundred in that location i think like 1200 people were there our entire alley was was full and um so they come through and there's uh, uh an undercover buys a drink arrests the bartender and then calls in backup or whatever the fuck which on new year's eve this might have been New years no i think it was halloween new year's eve halloween those are the two ones where like there's get a fucking permit people because there's an undercover cop at your party i promise mm-hmm. they buy tickets they have a budget specifically just to buy tickets to send 19 year olds to your party to attempt to buy a drink document them doing it and then that's how you get caught
0: yep. so
1: that's actually the way that we started becoming permitting consultants now i meet with uh, Leia's permitting committee and we talk directly to the city of los angeles about how to uh, redefine their uh, uh, permitting processes, but the way i I started down that road was by getting in trouble so Typically I do remember it was happen, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I do remember it was Halloween because we um, I'll, I'll get back to it in a second but I go to um, the police station after the show because they had sent I think it was nineteen uh, cop cars two k9 units and a helicopter Whoa. to shut the party down and of course, like unnecessary force. Everyone was like, oh, the party shut down. All right, cool, we'll leave. Like it could have been one cop could have just said that and it would have been right. over. But they like police line, move everybody out. And I go up to one of the cops. And I'm like, hey, I'm ignorant and young and naive. Like, what do I need to do for this not to happen to me again? He like, won't talk to me. He's like, uh, you got to talk to the sergeant or some shit. And so then I'm trying to find the sergeant. He's in undercover clothes. He's trying to stop the DJ from, um, from, uh, getting back to the DJ table because it's behind the police line. And the DJ's like, dude, I need to get my stuff. They're going to steal my shit. Like I need to get all my stuff. There's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars of shit up there. And he doesn't know that the person he's talking to is the sergeant because he's in disguise right. in like a Halloween costume, which was funny. And so he thinks this guy is just trying to stop him. And so he headbutts him and goes to jail for assaulting a police officer that one was fun and then about a week later we get the citation i go into the police station because i was an idiot that signed it instead of making the guy who rented the venue sign it i go into the police station and have a conversation with them it's basically just like getting sent to the principal's office and a very 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 scary sergeant is just like screaming at me and he's like do you know how much money it costs to put a helicopter in the air of tax dollars and i was like i wanted to say you didn't need to i would have shut the party down anyway he's like forty thousand dollars so everyone, you know that if your party gets shut down, you cost us all of your uh, fellow citizens 40 grand. So he introduced me to the enabler, blah, blah, blah. I learned how to start getting permits. Now we move on. A year or two later, we're doing only permitted events at that point with uh, legal bars. And we have a, a big thing at the front of our gallery that's just like cycling through images. Mm-hmm. And now I'm friends with the sergeant. Every time we're going to do a party, he comes to inspect the venue and signs oh, the permit. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it was pretty cool by then. But then I see giving a walkthrough one time to get a permit signed. I look at the picture and I look at him as it's cycling through, like our Halloween pictures and stuff. And he was the sergeant who bought the drink. And it's a sea of people all looking at the bar. And one person spotlit, I'm not kidding you, I could probably send you this picture. One person spotlit looking straight at the photographer. And it's him, and he's basically wearing like an undercover cop costume. He's got like Inspector Gadget clothes on. Oh my goodness. And he's like looking straight at the camera. And I'm like, you motherfucker, like this is, it's so funny now that this is where, how our relationship has evolved to the point where you're the one who fuck. like I could, my career could have been over. And instead, yeah. like we became friends and now we're throwing parties together.
0: Oh my God. If you could find that photo, I need to see that.
1: <laughs> I'll try to, yeah, I'll try to find it. My, uh, my um computer hard drive backup hard drive everything got stolen when i moved to skid row so i don't even know if we have those pictures anymore yeah you know more production downtown la stories i'm just scaring everyone from coming to downtown (laughs) well
0: i mean the first event i did at think tank i think was the jungle the jungle drums of the tiki Mm. theme uh for drunken devil and i got my phone stolen my phone and my wallet (laughs) in the green room Oh, that's shitty. Yeah, but I think it was because, um, I think this, the security that was hired, I don't know who it was hired yeah, through. It was you up. or Matt. Yeah, but uh, they were super shady and they were just like taking shots and, and they were not doing their job I remember at all. those
1: days of security. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think uh,
0: Matt had money stolen. I had my phone and money stolen from, and like, like the green room, you should feel safe in there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so what are what stories have you crazy stories have you told so far on the show or ones you haven't probably
0: I haven't really talked about many of my stories yet I've That's just been like yeah fascinated with by hearing you know from others but the main reason why I decided to do this was because a few months ago I was performing as my clown who's like an undead zombie horror clown and oh, yeah? I I think I was in, inter- I had come across someone that I had previously dated and it was like, it didn't end on the best of terms. And so I was like, sh- okay, do I interact as twirly or do I just ignore him? Like, what do I do in this situation? So what'd you do? I went up to, he was on a date too. So I went up to them and I made a balloon animal for his date and I was being all cute to her and like, was- it was just so awkward. And- Did he recognize you. Oh yeah. Cause he knew of my clown. Yeah. He knew twirly. And, um, but yeah, so that moment I was like, okay, I haven't done a podcast about this because I've been in so many awkward situations like that. Like even I had and they always involve exes too. I think I need to like, yeah, I don't know. But the, even a drunken devil event, I had my ex come and he just like, actually he came to a few events and he was just so embarrassing. So embarrassing yeah. that I stopped bringing him to events because I could, I feel like I couldn't do my job. I was like babysitting him.
1: Yeah, that is the worst.
0: Yeah, So I think, um, yeah, just having like personal stories like that, I was like, okay, I got to start this because I know that other people have experiences like that as well.
1: Yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, we, we did a um, show, whatever year it happened, um, that uh, Chris Dorner started uh, assassinating police officers and their children. Do you remember that? He was like a Navy SEAL and he started going around uh, killing LEPD officers. Uh, with the, He had this manifesto about how he needed to kill cops and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, black, former Navy SEAL, former cop. And um, he was he killed a police chief's daughter, I think. Oh, my God. Or some, maybe like one of the captains. So we did a show called Shoot a Cop <laughs> that we launched 15 days before that guy started doing that. Oh, no. And uh, that one was nuts. We had like people like protesting us and all sorts yeah. of stuff and we were like do we because it was we had 32 photographers co- follow LEPD for 30 days and someone on ride-alongs and others tried to catch them in the act of like police brutality or corruption mm-hmm. and we were like what do we do on day 15 we're like do we cancel this shot like what do I do and so my uncle's a cop he like disowned me didn't we didn't speak for years like but we we like stayed true and kept it going and then the guy from uh um is NCIS the the like redheaded dude who like yep. always like says a one-liner and then puts his sunglasses on it's like wow my it's like NCIS Miami is that it um sure. he came <laughs> yeah he came to the show and uh in the end it was it was fun some cops came and saw the show like people who had been photographed and then were what told do they, what, the show what was. Do they think about it they thought it was cool. Most of the photos were like, by the time someone had spent a month with a police officer, mm-hmm. most of the photos were not critical of them. They were like, uh, just really personal and insightful. I was going to say,
0: because they spend so much time with them, so they're going to see things from a different angle. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I have
0: a lot of cops in my family, so I always like tread lightly on these yeah. subjects. <laughs> oh,
1: it's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's It's nuts when you do actually spend time with cops, and they're like, They had like in this show, we learned of so many cops who have like them and their partner have like pep talks in the morning, like they get in their car and they have like a thing they say to each other, almost like they're going out. It's kind of scary because it gets them all aggro, but like they're going out into a football field or something to like do war with the other side. Hmm. And it's like every single, they're like every single person that you meet, every single person that you talk to, the very first thing they say and everything they continue to say after that, potentially for the whole interaction is all lies. So everything that you do all day long is trying to cut through someone who's lying to you who did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's a really difficult way to navigate the world. Mm -hmm. And if in the middle of all that, they become violent, then you've got to figure out what the fuck you're going to do about it. Mm -hmm. And so it it was a crazy show, man. It's like the hardest fucking job of all time like it's probably even harder than going to war because at war at, at least you're like i'm supposed to kill that yeah person. there's a
0: there's a distinct motive there whereas as yeah. a cop like you have to yeah Yeah. there's so many factors coming in
1: yeah it's either it's like whether it's right or wrong at war you know what you're in war, you know what your job is unless yeah. you're getting uh shitty orders as a cop every single decision you make you're like i don't know if this is a right or wrong decision it's really yeah. fucked up and and For me, I was like, when we did that show and then other shows too, anytime cops come through, I'm like, I work with cops to get permits, but I fucking hate vice. And what kid is in school his whole life and grows up and says, I want to be the person that goes to the party and shuts it down, (laughs) finds all the people that threw the party so that no one can have fun. That's my dream when I grow up.
0: Well, that, I'm sure he probably is. didn't enjoy it in the moment. He was probably like, damn, why do I have to have this gig? <laughs>
1: yeah, but then why don't you just fucking quit? If your only job yeah. is to make sure other people do not have fun, there yeah. are certain people who actually do, they're broken people, but they actually do love that. And so I was okay. always just like,
0: because well, they, they stick by the rules. Like it's people who like need to obey yeah. rules, you know, that's.
1: And my job is always to go outside and talk to the cops. And there was one. Oh God, there was one, there was one party. So we were throwing, you know, Ray Shremmer, the rap group. They'd sing um, Black Beatles and uh, somebody come get her. She's dancing like a stripper, that song. Um, I'm ashamed I don't know that. <laughs> everyone listening knows it uh, okay. because of my beautiful rendition. But uh, anyway, so they, um, we threw one of their 21st birthday parties and I should have known in advance. That when I told them the security deposit was going to be like this giant amount, like $3,000 or something, and they didn't bat an eye, that it was not going to be like the greatest thing. So usually I'm pretty like, um, like, on like interview type stuff. I like I run a podcast. I'm pretty, I'm just like, I'm an open book. But in parties, I'm I'm very like introverted. I want to be in the back, one mm-hmm. or two people hanging out with me. We're having drinks. Every once in a while, I'll come like feel the energy of the party, and then go back into the back. That's why the green room at Think Tank was great. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that your phone got stolen from there, but that was where we always wanted to kick it. And well, you know always- what? I
0: think they gave us a different green room that night, though. We weren't even in like the normal green room. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a weird night. I don't blame you guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The point point is this show is great because this is the only thing I wanted to do. We should just imagine. I I should just like the wall should be bumping because we'd be having these conversations and then the party's happening in the other room. But all the producers and actors and everybody else are hanging out in the green room. And that's That's why
0: I I love being a performer in parties because you have a safe place to go to. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's great. And so you can see from my gear, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. I'm a huge NFL fan as well. And I would uh, record every single football game. And usually what I would do is I would just like have my TV up, the recorded games are playing and I'm working on my computer and there's a party happening. And I would just kind of like feel the energy of the party to be working on, you know, whatever, the flyer for the next party that's in a week. Mm -hmm. So that's going on. Race Fremers throwing a party, shit ton of celebrities there. And uh, like we have like security and friends and stuff and they're all going out to like go to the party. And then someone comes back and they're like, which one did you get? I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, which uh which chain? And they hold up a fucking platinum chain with a medallion covered in diamonds on it of Batman. And they're like, They're giving these away at the gifting station and I'm like, What? So I go out, of course they're all gone by then. They're like, Oh like, no. oh, please, like our our company logo in a gold bar that's all we had left and we just gave out the last one and i'm like fuck man this is when it sucks to be introverted i would have got like a even if i just sold it
0: save one for you because like
1: (laughs) i told them to but everyone's so drunk at those parties they're like even the security and the head of events is just so drunk yeah i'm like all right fine fuck it. so i go back i'm like working again i have to stay there till the end sometimes i even take a nap and uh everybody's partying and i was like um you know you be careful about this this and this the next morning i wake up and i have texts are exploding and they're like dude like is this think tank on tmz oh my god i'm like what do you mean cuz i had just like gone to bed and it's that next morning you wake up and there's like cups all over the floor mm-hmm. and i wouldn't even i wouldn't even attempt to clean until like sunday night like i would just I'd get to the last football game played on a projector and i'm just like mopping and stuff cleaning up the whole gallery maybe a tv on wheels and it just takes hours and hours and hours to clean but i would always just like wait till the next night so i sleep in sunday morning it all smells like old beer yep. and and stuff, but I didn't like look up because why would you look at the ceiling after a party? Oh, no. So I have this TMZ link and I open it and one of the two guys from Race Remembered is like holding a champagne bottle as big as him and he's like got his hand on it. He's like shaking it. And he just takes the top off and sprays it inside all the electrical sockets, inside the lighting fixtures, all of our track lights, everything. And I, I'm like looking on my phone, like how, why the fuck did he think he should do this? And I go out, and the whole ceiling is just like caked in like brown sticky shit. And I text them the link, and I'm like, hey guys, just saw on TMZ that you're not getting your security deposit back. <laughs> she just went back. Oh, we never do. That's fine. We just got banned from every hard rock in uh, in the state <laughs> from our last party.
0: That sounds like a hip-hop artist.
1: <laughs> I know. It was, Yeah, it was fun. Honestly, the hip-hop shows were often the cleanest because everyone's wearing fucking nice sneakers. So they don't want to do anything fucked up because at a hip-hop mm-hmm. show, like I'm a sneaker, I have like 60 pairs of sneakers. No one wants to fuck their shoes up.
0: So yeah. it's usually
1: pretty damn clean. This one, however, was not.
0: That's great. I mean, you, they don't clean up afterwards. I feel like every event I've been, I just
1: of- would tell think- them like, I always charge a cleaning fee because it's like, especially when you're running an art collective, Yeah. there's always two people who are having trouble paying rent or they're like a couple hundred bucks behind on rent. And you can be like, all right, I'm paying you both 200 each.
0: So oh, here's right. a
1: list of stuff to clean. And you just charge a cleaning fee. Because if the other people clean, if anyone's thinking of starting a venue after the great exodus of los angeles um after covid when all commercial and industrial venues are you know 25 percent cost of what they once were my one piece of advice to every single one of you do not allow anyone to clean or do repairs always charge for it in advance because it's just like for the first couple years we let people clean and they don't give a fuck. yeah matt always cleaned he was nice well that's
0: the thing yeah i feel like i always stuck around with matt Cause he would be like kind of cleaning by himself and i'm and i don't know i just felt like we're a collective we're a team so we should all kind of be helping because you know just i grew up doing theater and that's what we all would do was you know help out, help each other out
1: you are a great person dana but <laughs> um yeah it also I, I it's I just like <laughs> when you're getting ready for your next event as well because usually it's like we threw a party thursday we have one saturday we have another yeah. next friday it's like Right when someone's done, the next person's coming in and you're everyone's so beat on Sunday. Like it's yeah. just better to hire a f- fresh, completely fresh team to clean the next day. Some stuff you have to clean night of, but. Yeah. Always- oh,
0: yeah, for sure. In like a perfect world, I'd be like, okay, you guys have to clean up after yourselves and then we'll hire in like a cleaning crew yeah. to like extra. But that's yeah. obviously not logical for everyone.
1: Yeah. Usually what we would do is like, here's a security deposit. If you don't clean to our standards of the video we sent you in advance of what the venue yeah. looked like then we keep the security deposit. That's smart. And most people would just say, fucking keep it. I'm going home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because they're partied out. (laughs) I mean, I wish I had the money to do that.
1: (laughs) I really miss, I really, really miss throwing parties. Throwing parties is just like such a part of my DNA and they're always immersive parties and there's always some, we we like to say that uh, people stumble upon meaningless or sorry, mindful, not meaningless (laughs) entertainment. Let me say that again. People stumble upon mindful, not meaningless entertainment. And every word of that sentence is more important than the last because entertainment is like so hard to create because making fun is like a really delicate recipe. There's so many things, like one little ounce of awkwardness in any little spot Mm -hmm. and you can ruin the experience for so many people. The lights being too bright, the sound being off, the whatever, like there's so many things that can just ruin it. Um, The audience flow not being perfect. It's so hard to craft uh, fun. Mm -hmm. And then uh, doing something like mindful or something meaningful is usually pretty easy. Everyone has something that's important to them, but getting that across to another person, building that you know creativity being the bridge between your audience and your original ideas, is you can have this original idea out here on original idea island in Dana's head that no one else can fucking understand because it's just so out there and crazy. But getting expressing it in a way that someone else can understand it is difficult. That's the yes.
0: oh, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, I completely agree. With into that. a five-year-old thing, you don't truly understand it. And then on top of that, trying to make it fun and make it a party, mm-hmm. we just try to insert little things like we're making this hilarious R.I.P. White Jesus show, but behind it all, there's actually a commentary on white supremacy and Jesus being white and yada yada but when people come to it they're going to be taking selfies and just like laughing at this hilariously ridiculous thing that we did Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one thing I miss about parties because we were really good at that yeah people that we work with are really really good at creating an immersive environment that people just want to take pictures of themselves in front of it or just be a part of it or have fun in it yeah meet people and they do all this but they actually learn something while they're there, mm-hmm. especially if they have never heard of us before and that's something that I really miss and I don't uh you know i we'll get back to it and i I do want to do this virtually as well and you know doing speed dating there's nothing more important than um, finding someone that you can fall in love and spend the rest of your life with but it's different it's it's it doesn't it doesn't feel the same yeah feels similar some days i get those pre-show butterflies which is nice but it is much different
0: yeah i've noticed that too like with this you know since this is something so new for me doing a podcast like i'm definitely getting those like right before you go on stage butterflies which is nice but i mean i kind of agree like when i'm performing to a screen now like i don't get nervous i don't get like stage fright or that excitement and yeah, that's a feeling that's like so important as a performer as a creative yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and it's it it really pushes that art f- it pushes it more, and it's just kind of like, oh it, I feel like there's just such a blockage right now with yeah. you know doing everything digitally, so it's it's definitely a big adaption for sure
1: yeah well hey man the uh the the people in our world are doing the most creative, most interesting work um some of the most interesting work in the, in the history of the world. They're doing things that have never it's uh, everything is unprecedented. Yeah. And if there's anyone who can Recapture some of that magic or invent a new type of magic that exists only because of the inflection point of March, Friday, the 13th in March um it's us so we can we can still make all this shit happen i'm really excited the one one of the very few things i'm excited about in the next couple years is how people are going to do it because the big companies won't be able to pull it off right but um they will copy from what we do honestly and and just seeing
0: seeing what people have already done right now it's just amazing like i'm doing i'm doing a play on zoom and just the tech the technical elements that they're adding in it's, it's really cool to see how other, how people are interpreting, you know, yeah. what to do now. And like, I, I did a show a few months ago and it was an, it was an immersive interactive show on Zoom. And um yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see something new yeah being developed and how all these people that are so brilliant, how, how everyone's kind of taking it and making it their own.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh I have a series of I call them guiding lights, guiding stars, guiding principles. But, you know, we're floating the great sea of shrouded opportunity, and we don't know what shores we're going to land on. All we know is they'll have new gods, so we need to get rid of the white supremacist ah. ones of the old world. Um, but we, uh, we don't know what those, <clears throat> the sacrifices that those gods will require, and we don't even know where they are. Like, what, what shores are, are we going to land upon? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, how do you choose direction when you're directionless? And it, so much of it is finding truth, and I created a you know series of these guiding stars for me. So when I'm sailing, I'm like just sail that way in general. Um, you know, the folk tales say that something's over there, and yeah. it looks like opportunity. And so there there's a couple of different ones, but for Zoom in particular, I like to always ask the question before I start working on something: Is this better in real life? Yes or no. And if the answer is yes, this would be better in real life, then I don't work on it. But often what ends up happening is because of asking that question, people come up with a new version of a thing that's not even possible in real life. And that's what serial killer speed dating online is. So many of the things we do are only possible because of the platform. So our beta is open to all. It's not even, it's not even like gender specific or anything. So we're, uh, it's, it's just completely wide open. It's not for dating, although we welcome it if if people want to. It's just
0: to meet new friends who are like, obsessed with what you're obsessed with i love it
1: yeah in the industry so you should come to one and then who knows maybe at some point we don't want your listeners to know this but maybe at some point you'll be one of the actors and people are trying to discover you as a serial killer
0: oh my god that would be so much fun i forgot that abel was doing that yeah. i think that's such a such a cool idea
1: yeah well um, the next one's october 3rd this will probably come out after october 3rd but i'll send you an invite false idols is the name of the exhibition portion False idols. It's a bit portion, but the, um, the, the project's called R.I.P.Y. Jesus, okay. and that's already uh, out, so anyone can look it up, so just go to thinktank.gallery, and all of our projects are listed there, the first one, um, False Idols, Y. Jesus, uh, and there's a variety of ways to contribute, we're casting the new Christ, so you can submit a, uh, a submission of self tape. Uh, to become the new Jesus, and we're actually going to create an American Idol-style voting system for oh a God. new Jesus. Uh, white men are welcome to apply. Um, you can take it seriously or not; it's up to you. And then, um, uh, serialkillerspeed dot dating is the website, and we're going to announce uh, shows slash dating all through uh, October and beyond.
0: Well, yeah, I'll definitely check that out because I'm very—I've never done speed dating so i'm like really curious <laughs> it's
1: fun because like especially people it's so great because another another thing is this better in real life yes or no well it's not even possible to remove the awkwardness that you remove from speed dating or meeting people mm-hmm. in person because like tinder is like you just are swiping and this it's is just a game it's yeah me. and it, yeah.
0: there's like and you're just texting it's not really yeah,
1: you're exactly. not really
0: making a connection
1: and in this, it's like, you don't have to go out and meet a person and get all dressed up and stuff. You, you know, you should get dressed up to some degree. And we have even a game where it's like party on, uh, business on top, party on bottom, Zoom outfit. Yeah. Dude wore a kilt one time. Yes. Um, another girl wore nothing with just an open sign. That one was funny. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we it, it just takes out so much of the awkwardness and replaces the awkwardness with just fun. Cause it's like, even if you don't, even if you didn't meet anyone, which everyone always does, but even if you didn't match with anybody, you still got to go to a show and it was just a fun show to go to. And it's just, it's great. And you invite your friends and you'll like play random games. Like, and there's
0: actors in it who are, you have to guess if they're a serial killer.
1: So you date right now it's, you date nine real people and one serial killer. And there's, and then you go, you do like three or four dates and then you come back to the main room. Everyone's muted. We play a bunch of games like business on top party on bottom Yeah. or, um, like parachute it's like hangman, but. Uh, the parachute guy falls into spikes or something, and then uh, e- everything done through mute. So everyone's like trying to be like T T. Oh, it's, I love that. It's so much fun. That's
0: really fun, yeah. And you're using a platform that that's only going to work on. Yeah, exactly. That's really creative. I love that. We can I'll do it in real get... life.
1: We just would have to put shot collars on everyone so they can't. <laughs> Maybe that's the real life version.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'll have to get Abel onto the show too and pick his brain about it. You should.
1: He has some good stories as well.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. We've never actually done a show together, but he's come to when I, I was performing at a Vampire Den and he Zombie would Joe's. Come. No, no. I, it was uh the Count's Den. It was in downtown LA, and it was a gorgeous oh, cool. venue. And but he was like he would come as an audience member often.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah, Good I've little never little actually
0: done show. anything at Zombie Joe's. I know Zombie Joe, and I've been there, but I've I was going to do my clown show there, and then
1: they're all doing of a virtual sudden, shows now. You should. Uh, they
0: are. Should
1: yeah. Go dance. They always need creepy dancers
0: oh yeah i know i've been i've been talking with with zombie joe so maybe i'll i'll hit him up about that yeah, you um should. yeah i and i mean even now like i've been focusing a lot on on my music now because i mean i have the time to so i'm you know i'm recording a lot and i've kind of like yeah. strayed away from acting a little bit so actually it's kind of exciting that i'm acting in a show this next month and um yeah. But yeah, I'm not doing a lot of immersive things, which is...
1: <laughs> well, come attend our, see what you think. And we always need actors and actresses. So let me know. Anyone listening as well, yeah. uh, look it up. So yeah, just thinktank.gallery and dating.
0: Awesome. And I'll post links and everything as well when I get this episode out. But um, yeah, I just want to thank you so much. It was really great to talk to you and hear from a producer's side of, of things and from the party aspect as well because a lot of what you do is um more of huge gatherings like you deal yeah. with a lot of people and well,
1: did. who knows we will be able to do that again <laughs>
0: yeah but i mean hey we'll see how things go like yeah. right now we're just focused on on this but who knows yeah. how things will change in a few years or whatever <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe we'll back. have like holograms by that point and so we uh, we will be like in your space <laughs> but from this from the safety of our homes i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah like a wally
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah but this this was fun thank you for bringing me on it was night nice. we've like talked a bunch of times on facebook but never in real e-life yeah so. or our
0: or i've only been in character i think yeah yeah
1: we, yeah, if we exactly. have
0: interacted so well, yeah this is why i'm super excited to have this podcast because i a lot of people have reached out and they want to talk. And it's people that I, you know, as with you, like I don't know you too well, but we know yeah. that we're in the same world. I know and I know always
1: meet people. so many people and then I don't realize I met them because they were at, and doing an immersive thing.
0: I really, really appreciate you. And I wish you the best of luck with moving and and the next endeavors that you have. Wonderful, thank you. Yeah, you and, and
1: final note on that, any, any uh, dollar that we make on the, mm-hmm. RIPY Jesus show, we're giving 100% of that to our immigrant landlords because oh, wow. the reason we're leaving is because we haven't been able to pay rent. So yeah. we want to give them whatever we can. So just know your money is going somewhere nice to anyone who buys anything and uh, greatly appreciate it.
0: That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. And I hope you have a good day and I'll, I'll hopefully talk to you soon. Hopefully I'll see you at, a, at a, an event soon.
1: Yeah, that will be nice. Thanks, Dana.